Great coaches ask great questions. Days at work are the days when the light bulb goes on for somebody else. Hello and welcome to On It, Not In It, the interview series. I'm your host, Todd Eppert, and today I'm joined by David Goodwin, who is the Chief Executive Officer with ATC here in Cincinnati, Ohio. David, thank you so much for joining us. Would you like to kick us off with a brief background as to who you are and what you do? Sure. Well, first off, Todd, thanks for having me today. Uh, I serve as the, you know, I was the co-founder of this business back in 1999. Uh, I serve as the chief executive officer. Um, I do a lot of things today as the business has grown that you would expect from a chief executive officer or CEO, looking at vision, looking at strategy, uh, trying to develop the right culture, um, bring in the right people, um, work on just things that are going to affect the business on a, on a more mid to long range as opposed to uh, we have several other folks here that might be uh, more focused on like the here and now or the shorter term. My job is to make sure that we're still doing a good job, you know, three, five, 10 years from now. Awesome. Sounds good, David. Yeah. It sounds like you've made a step in your journey as an entrepreneur to be working more on it, not in it, just like the podcast says. So well done. So just out of curiosity, I'm going to take you back a few decades. What inspired you to start your own business to be a co-founder instead of a W2 employee? That's a pretty easy one. I was working as a, a tenured salesperson who had tried a stint in management uh, as a district manager in Indianapolis, which is where I was from or am from. Uh, and I wasn't a very good manager at 25 years old. Uh, so I went back, I came back to Cincinnati, went back into sales. Uh, all in, I had about 10 years at a company by the name of Cable and Wireless. Uh, and I basically did all the things that they wanted me to do. And then they were doing an acquisition and they brought over some senior management and they started messing with the comp plan, made some significant changes, like 90% reduction uh, in the commissions or the variable component of the compensation. And that really was the catalyst as to why uh, myself and another guy, Darren DiMartino, started this business back in 1999. It was like you get used to a lifestyle and that, that was an, a drastic change. And quite frankly, we had always kind of looked at what if we were neutral? What if we just had every vendor available to us in the telecom at that time? It's more IT now than, than it is telecom. But back at that time, there was telecom and telecom services. And what if we had all the major vendors across the country at our disposal so that we could truly just focus on what was best for the customer, as opposed to selling them something that we were paid a salary and commissions to sell, even if that might be kind of putting the square peg in the round hole. Yeah. And so that's a really common story for a lot of entrepreneurs, right? You didn't start necessarily as an entrepreneur, but something in the in the workforce or the economy forced you into a situation where you're like, hey, I want to make a better lifestyle or at least the same lifestyle, but I and I don't want to go back to another W-2. Um, so excellent. Yeah. Good example. So kind of in your background, it was more the corporate world that pushed you out rather than something else that drove you into into entrepreneurship. Yeah, the other thing that I would say is, I, I don't, I'd never say never, but about as close as you could get to that, I would say I would never go back to that world again. I love being in these in the smaller entrepreneurial, entrepreneurial, super client focused business that we're in today. I That's mean, we great. everything revolves around doing what's best for the client. 
And I could say that when I worked direct for somebody in that corporate world, publicly traded, got to hit their numbers. Like I understand. And that may be for some people, but for me, that just didn't sit well from my dad being an entrepreneur to my first manager when I was at Cable Wireless uh, to the things that I'd read and just quite frankly, my schooling in the past where I went to high school or I went to, to college that it was more about doing the right thing and treating people the right way. And sometimes for corporations, that's a little bit challenging when you have numbers that you have to meet. Yeah. Yeah. Great point of view and great perspectives. I appreciate you sharing that. So, all right. So, so tell me what are some common misconceptions about running the business? You said that you're working on the strategic side and the bigger, longer term stuff, but maybe back in the beginning when you first started, you were like, oh, this is going to be great. So what are some common misconceptions that people are going to bump into? Well, I don't know the whole be your own boss, I guess that goes along with that. I think they say, uh, it, it, pardon the lack of professionalism, but they say like shit rolls downhill. No, it doesn't. It rolls uphill. I get to deal with the biggest fires or the hottest fires and the biggest problems, you know, the, the, the toughest scenarios looking for a solution. Uh, I worked a lot. I work a lot more hours than I did when I was working direct. So I don't know. Some people might think you work more or less, but I'm here to say I work more. Uh, let's see. What else are misnomers of, of going into business yourself? Um uh, you don't have to know it all. It's okay to be vulnerable. Um, you're only going to be you're only going to be as good as the team that that you're working with. You can't scale one, uh, and you can't do everything yourself. That's what I mean by when you say when I say you can't scale one, you can't do it all yourself. You know, there's the there's always the thought of I want to do it right. If you want a job done right, do it yourself. Well, okay, but then you need to know that you're only going to be able to get so big because you have to be able to work and train and coach up and even learn from those folks that, that are working with you. That's the only way you're really going to amass something with any kind of scale. Yeah, excellent. Excellent. Really good examples of uh, not only some of the misconceptions that people have, but also how to kind of solve them, right? Some of the things that you've done to, to get around some of those things and being in business for over 20 years. I mean, clearly you figured some things out along the way. So well done. That's not a, common um, number for a lot of small businesses starting out. I'm sure you've heard the statistics and it's pretty scary, but if you go into it with eyes wide open, I think you can be successful and you clearly have done that, David. Yeah, I would say where I might be a little bit different than a lot of entrepreneurs is I never feel like I have to be the smartest guy in the room ever. I just need to have those people around me, whether they're working directly with me or whether it's more of a mentor type relationship or even a peer, a friend, or whatever, colleague, anybody that, that that might have knowledge in some area that I don't. I'm pretty quick to realize that I don't know all those things. And I'm I, I just want to I want to have the information. I want to have the expertise and I'm not going to sit on it very long before I try to make something good of it. So uh, I, I have a friend too, Todd Uterstadt, who is also in Cincinnati, Ohio, by the way. Yeah who has a podcast series by the name of from founder to CEO. And I'm giving him a little plug here because I've watched a lot of those over the years. Uh, and I've also been a friend. We've been on a round table together. Uh, he's kind of been a mentor as well as a coach to me. Uh, and there was a lot of good things to glean from those different resources that he's put out as well as his own expertise. 
Yeah, I know Todd. He's a great guy. Uh, so yeah, I think that's a great plug. So uh, so let's talk about that. So you've been in business for two decades. Um, so what are your biggest challenges today? Talent, uh, building things to scale, uh, to a certain degree, economics and and, and politics to a certain degree as it as it impacts the business. Um. what that next technology is going to be that's going to help our clients so that we can solve problems for them. Um, those would be some of the things that come to mind right off the top of my head. Okay. So obviously we've had some, you mentioned a couple of things. I mean, the political climate has been a little ugly the last uh, six, seven years. Uh, we had a pandemic thrown in there. Why not? Right. After a hundred year right. pandemic. Uh, so obviously the business landscape is constantly evolving um, you're talking about different services and things that you can offer, but you're a small business. So how do you remain innovative? A lot of the innovation is done by the vendors that we represent. Our job is to be vetting those technologies, vetting those vendors. We learn on the, what we call the bleeding edge, and then we consult or advise our clients on what we call the leading edge. The bleeding edge is very expensive, expensive to implement, expensive to support, it's expensive for them. You know, there can be some great things from it, but it comes with some bugs because it hasn't marinated very long, right? So it can it can be costly in those in those ways that I just spoke of. Uh the other thing that I would say is those vendors are coming out with the technologies and we're vetting them and we're learning and we're staying out in front. We're advising our clients so that they can stay out in front, right? Whether it's competitive advantage, where it's whether it's an increase in productivity or efficiency or all the customer satisfaction scores, rankings. I mean, it could be attrition. It could be uh, getting more ARPU or average revenue per unit out of, the, uh, out of their customer base. So there's a lot of different ways that we can help them. We just need to stay out in front. We're not really the ones innovating the new technologies. We just have to be well-versed on them so that we know a, a certain vendor is a great fit. Like we say in our in our mission statement, the exact right solution driven by pre, um, sorry, expertise, process, and partnerships, okay? The exact right solution through expertise, process, and partnerships. That's our vision statement. Um, I'm sorry, that's our mission statement. And to do that, we have to be constantly meeting with these vendors in order to find out what do they do best. What's their target market? What are their differentiators in the market? Those kinds of things. Yeah, so so David, that's a great point. I mean, you work in an industry that's got all kinds of things thrown at it all the time. And so maybe that is your innovative key. It's it's filtering all of those things for your clients, right? Is there's all those things are also coming at your clients and they don't know which one to take on and which one to stay away from. And you're doing that work for them and staying on top of those good trends and those good technologies and those good vendors. So that's really great. Yeah, ironically, I was just, uh, I was just viewing a video uh, by a market research firm uh, in our industry, and they said that 91% uh, of CXOs, so think C, that could be a CTO, a C, it could be a CFO, it could be a CIO, put what you will in there, but 91% of CXOs indicated that IT procurement process has become increasingly complex. So they need more people like us to help them through that process. Not to mention that you can go into other things like they can't find talent, right? There's more security jobs available just in Ohio alone than they could possibly fit nationwide or fill nationwide, I should say. So that just looks at security. That's just one element of what we do. There's 
there's so much of a talent shortage in IT that them trying to make good decisions for their businesses is becoming increasingly challenging. Yeah, yeah, very, very good point. Very good point. So yeah, all industries are struggling, but you're right. Those those cyberspace, the IT world, they're 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 there's not enough talent out there right now. So you're right. So um, okay, so let's talk about the future. So we've talked about your past, we've talked about currently where you are. Can you give us a glimpse into some of the future plans that you have for your business and maybe even for your own entrepreneurial journey? I would say those future plans would incur uh, or would would include, I should say, uh, there's going to be more growth. I mean, our trajectories and our trends are good. We have our technology and tooling kind of set now, and we're refining the integrations of that, which is just putting us in a position where we can scale. We can take on more projects, help bigger customers or bigger clients. I think it's just staying ahead of that that curve because just like we're advising on technology, we have to use the stuff ourselves, right? We're looking to make ourselves as good as we possibly can. We do get some out, offshore assistance, which I think may take a bigger role as we get more projects and we try to decrease that uh, kind of quote to cash interval, meaning like the bring it in, you go through discovery, you go through our process and all that it takes to propose those services and help our clients land on something, implement them, refine it, support it. Like that process, like any business, we're trying to shorten that process in order to, you know, increase our, our, our revenue growth. Like we, like we have been over the past, but you know, each year you get a little bit bigger, it gets a little bit harder to maintain that kind of percentage growth. And we're actually looking to increase it. So those are some of the challenges we have in front of us. I would say setting up other people, other leaders within the organization, as we bring on more talent, I mean, I'm not going to be doing this from forever. So at some point, I have to have some sort of plan where the business is going to be in a great position, regardless of whether it's a a merger, an acquisition, some sort of exit or transition, whatever that looks like. But, you know, that's still a ways off for me. In the meantime, I'm just trying to set up and check all the boxes so that when I'm out, this thing flourishes with or without Dave. Yeah, that's perfect. That's a great point. So on and not in is all about that, right? And I think any any business person that is reaching the kind of latter years of their career, especially if they're the CEO or one of the owners or, you know, equity members or whatever it might be, I think it's important that any of those folks would be focused on those same things. I think it would give their their teams or their employees the good feeling that it's not just about them. They're actually trying to make sure that this thing goes on in perpetuity with or without them. I mean, God forbid I could get sick or get hit by a bus or, or, or any of that. And that's some of the other things that we're doing internally is trying to stay away from that. Well, an IT term is single point of failure. But if you were to look at that, we were just looking to where we don't have that one person that is the only one that knows how to do something, right? So that we have some cross-pollination. So truly, if somebody were to something were to happen, something, you know, catastrophic or significant that the business is going to be able to absorb it and continue on. Yeah. Great point. Great point. Uh, so final question for you, David, uh, what advice would you offer an aspiring entrepreneur who's just getting started or maybe that's facing a few challenges early on in their business? Mm, I'd probably say read the book by Stephen Covey called the seven habits of highly effective people. I reference that book all the time in business, in life, in other relationships. I would also say, don't spend your whole life right here, but don't, you can't always be too far out either. 
It has to be a balance of both. Uh, get comfortable with being uncomfortable uh, because that's truly how you grow the fastest is by putting yourself in uncomfortable positions or spots or scenarios. Uh, I don't know. Those would be the first things that come to mind. Okay. Excellent. Well, David, thank you so much for your time today. Really, really appreciate it. It was great meeting you and learning more about your entrepreneurial journey. You clearly had a lot of nuggets to offer, some truths that you've experienced over the last 20 years. So thank you for sharing those with our listeners. Uh, and to everybody watching and listening, I look forward to seeing you in our next episode. Thank you again, David. Thank you. Appreciate it. <laughs>